and welcome to the podcast version of COS Live, a weekly program keeping you up to date on the Article 5 movement working to reclaim liberty in America. You can watch the original live broadcasts on Convention of States Rumble, YouTube, Facebook, and X. And now, here's COS Live. Hello, COS supporters. Welcome back to another edition of COS Live. My name is Andrew Lush. I'll be your host. And of course, I am joined by Rita Peters, who is the senior uh, senior vice president for legislative affairs, but she's also my co-host. Rita, it is a pleasure to be back with you again. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Andrew. And I'm thinking you and I better not chit chat too long today because we have an action-packed program for our audience. You said it, Rita, we have a lot of ground to cover. We have multiple guests. We have COS Now. We got the mailbag. This is going to be a jam-packed episode. The 50th Speaker of the House helped Louisiana become state number eight to pass the Convention of States resolution, and now he's fighting D.C. from the inside. Johnson's longtime friend, Michael Ferris, the co-founder of Convention of States, he will be joining us to react to this. We will react to a new episode of COS Now to keep you updated with all things Convention of States. Uh, Stick around. Like I said, we have the mailbag at the end. But before we get to all of those things, we also have our Article 5 trivia giveaway with COS Vice President Mike Ruthenberg. Mike, over to you. Thank you, Andrew. Wow, what an exciting time it is in Convention of States. There's a couple of great, great reasons that I'm sure you're going to hear about a lot more today on COS Live. I can't believe we're 265 shows in. That is a lot of shows. Another 100 shows, and it's a year straight being on the air. Of course, we only come on our Tuesdays, but what a fun, fun legacy that we have going. There's so many people out there that we're so grateful to that keep coming, keep supporting, keep sharing this with other people. And we will continue to try to not only bring you great information on Convention of States, but we'll bribe you. We'll bribe you with prizes. If you bring the answers to the COS trivia, then you can get one of these cool shirts of Ronald Reagan saying, if you go to our store, shopconventionofstates.com, you'll see Reagan Green modeling Ronald Reagan's slogan, which is freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction, which is so true. It's so true, especially with what we're seeing right now. You think about our generation and our kids or or maybe your grandkids, and, and you think about the difference in the amount of freedom that we had when we could do so many things without any fear of the government or or for our safety. It's It's an amazing time right now. But What's happening is all that is being precipitated or precipitating us to Convention of States. What you're going to hear today with Michael Ferris talking a little bit about Michael Johnson, Mike Johnson, and uh, what's going on with him is going to be super exciting. And you'll get one of these shirts if you answer this question. Of course, we know. Well, I shouldn't say of course, but we do know. I know that Mike Johnson is from Louisiana and he is a champion for convention stage was really cool. And my trivia question, which I think is apropos for today, is which year did Louisiana join the Convention of States movement? There's your question for the day. What year did Louisiana join the Convention of States movement? And get your fingers going in there. Don't forget to keep interacting, put up your comments, put up your questions. And again, if you don't win the shirt, 
Go to shopconventionestates.com. Oh, and before I turn it back, I want to tease out something. Christmas is coming. I know today's Halloween, but you know what? I got to show you this. We have it earlier. We've ever had it. It is our Christmas ornament. You won't believe it. I just pulled it out of the bag. It just arrived. It is a cool ornament. Every year they're different. Here is your preview. That's Benjamin Franklin with Ms. Powell. And I don't know if it's really um, easy to see. You might have to get one to do it. But it's so cool because it says, Doctor, what have we got? A republic or a monarchy? A republic, if you can keep it retorted Benjamin Franklin. And that is our Christmas ornament for 2023. They will sell out. They sold out last year. They'll go on sale on Tuesday the 7th, Election Day. Remember that. Mark your calendar. That's the secret. They're not going to be launched until after that, but they do go on sale on the 7th of November. If you're the early decorator that wants your ornament this year, get it now. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for shopping. And we will see you later in the show. Back to you, Andrew. Thanks, Mike. Well, it's time again to see some history being made. It is CUS Now. The People's House is back in business. After a weeks-long struggle to select the next Speaker of the House, Convention of States supporter and Louisiana Congressman Mike Johnson clinched the position on Wednesday. And the 56th Speaker of the United States House of Representatives, the Honorable Mike Johnson. Before he was elected to Congress, Johnson helped Louisiana become the eighth state to join the movement as a member of the Louisiana House of Representatives in 2016. In fact, he demonstrated his knowledge on the subject when speaking in favor several times on the floor before the CUS action resolution was ultimately passed by a 62 to 36 margin. Regardless of political ideology, I think one thing most of us in this room could agree on is that the government has grown too large. And they put this safeguard in there. They said, look, we want the power to be reserved to the people. Lincoln said, government of the people, by the people, for the people. The only way to ensure that is to have the safeguard in the Constitution that the states get the final say. Last month, Johnson chaired a congressional committee hearing on the Article 5 convention process. Today, no such convention, convention has ever been called, but efforts have been underway in recent years to do so. Check out CUS Live episode 264 for more on that hearing. Mock Constitutional Convention reveals far right's vision for rewriting the U.S. Constitution. That's the headline from an article released last week by the George Soros-backed Center for Media and Democracy. The new hit piece was filled with enough inaccuracies and fear-mongering to make even the New York Times blush. Clearly, the establishment media is still worried about Convention of States. You can read more about that at conventionofstates.com. The truth about our movement is far less frightening, but far more inspiring, as proved by the ongoing efforts across the nation by citizen activists like you. In Virginia, dozens of COS volunteers showed up at the state fair to collect an astounding 1,000 petitions. The state legislative elections in Virginia are on November 7th, so stay tuned for those results in a future edition. And now, you're up to date with Convention of States. Thank you, Producer G, for putting together such an excellent montage and keeping us all up to date with everything COS. Rita, I'd like to get your reaction on one of those items that Producer G put together for us. Well, all I have to say, Andrew, is wow. I mean, two major game-changing pieces of breaking news in the past week. Um, you know, 
I think it was just last week on this program that we were talking about um, Congressman Johnson and his brilliant um, chairmanship of that subcommittee hearing where the discussion was all about Article 5 and the Convention of States process and how much we need to use it. So how amazing that a week later we're talking about him being chosen to lead the entire U.S. House of Representatives. I just couldn't be more thrilled about that. Um, What were your thoughts? Uh, I agree. It's it's so cool to see how we were talking about Representative Mike Johnson and then a a day later, later we find out that he is going to be the speaker. I mean, that was just my mind was blown uh, when that happened. I think for me, what really stuck out, though, was Mark on the battle cry. He talked about extending to JBS, Eagle Forum, and other opponents, uh, pretty much an olive branch. You know, join us. Don't don't uh, let this train depart from the station without being on it. And I just thought that was just, that's an example of true leadership. Because JBS has been a fly in the ointment for us for a long time. And Mark took the high road. and. And that's a great example, and and I just really loved that. Uh, and then, of course, the Heritage Foundation article, excellent article written by by John Malcolm. I think all of us were just glowing that day because of uh, of what he was saying about Convention of States and what he was saying about and what the president had said about giving institutional support. So uh, it's been an amazing week, Rita. Let's just put it there. Yeah, and you know, I want to comment too on the Heritage Foundation and why it's such a big deal that they are just enthusiastically now behind our effort. Um, you know, we, we've we talked a lot in the past about the comparison between the Convention of States experts, you know, who we, we do have credible experts, um, people trained in the law, people who are scholars in the history of Article 5 and the Constitution who support Convention of States compared to the people that organizations like the John Birch Society put up and tout as being experts when they really just aren't. Um, They really haven't done their homework and research. And now to add to that, Andrew, to have an organization with the credibility and stature of the Heritage Foundation coming into this full enthusiastic support of our effort, it just, I mean, the scales are just completely, (laughs) the scales are broken with how much support there is for us among the credible, learned, scholarly experts out there. You know, the John Malcolm and his colleagues, you know, Thomas Jipping, who um, was a witness at that congressional subcommittee hearing last week, all of these experts at Her- the Heritage Foundation, these are no slackers. I mean, I would put these these scholars' credentials and training up against anyone's. You know, and they, they've done their research. They've studied this. They know what they're talking about. So I just can't um, overstate what a big deal it is um, to now have a, a great organization like the Heritage Foundation on our side. Mm. I can't agree more with you. Well, Rita, we promised that we wouldn't be too chatty because we do have a lot to cover today. 
So uh, we do have to get to uh, Mike Ferris, our first interview. Joining us today, today is Michael Ferris. He is the senior advisor for the and the co-founder of Convention of States Action, and he is a longtime friend of the newly elected Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. Mike Ferris, thank you for joining us tonight. It's my privilege to be with you. Mike, big news broke last Wednesday, as you know, after Kevin McCarthy was ousted, there was strife, there was confusion within the House of Representatives over who would be the new Speaker of the House. Would it be Jim Jordan? Would it be Steve Scalise? No, it's a congressman from Louisiana, Mike Johnson, who is an advocate for Convention of States and even championed his state when it joined the movement back in 2016. Now, most people, even those familiar with politics, had never heard the name Mike Johnson before. But you, Michael Ferris, were very familiar with Mike Johnson. Somehow, he was able to unite both the more moderate establishment wing as well as conservatives in Congress. So introduce us to Mike Johnson. Who is he? What kind of man is he? And how did you get to know him? Well, Mike and I both worked for Alliance Defending Freedom, not at the same time. Um, uh, he was uh, uh, had left ADF um, before I became the CEO in uh, 2017. And, and so, um, but we knew each other through that because I, I was friends and uh, knew most of the lawyers that worked at ADF for many years. You know, uh, the work that I've done for practically 50 years now, it seems like, uh, 40 at least, um, you know, I run in the circles of, of the Christian lawyers who do the kind of work of religious freedom, right to life, freedom of speech, limited government, those circles. I, I know well, Mike's been in that circle for not as long as I have because he's 20 years younger than me or, or you know, thereabouts. Um, and so, you know, I, but, I, but I know him uh, from that. I also got to know him really pretty well uh, through the, uh, uh, the COS activity in Louisiana. I, I made several trips there. We talked a lot together. We, you know, the fact that we knew each other didn't hurt a thing in that regard. We trusted each other and, and it was a, a real close bond and, and, you know, a very active relationship. And, you know, we've done other things since he's been in Congress. We've talked about a variety of legal issues and uh, political issues were rising out of those legal issues. And so, you know, he's, he's a person that I've talked to fairly regularly over the years, including while he's in Congress. Um, just recently about, well, when the, when the turmoil first broke out um, over the, it was the continuing resolution on, on the 45 day extension of, of federal spending. Uh, he was supposed to uh, make a speech for Ken Ham uh, and a crisis pregnancy center uh, in, um, uh, in Kentucky at, at Answers in Genesis. And because of the crisis uh, in Congress, he couldn't go. Uh, and so he asked me to substitute for him. And so I went and, and did that. And you know, we talked a lot, of course, during, during the period of that. And um, uh, he had two speeches he was supposed to give, and I gave both of them for him. Um, I, I kept his titles, but they were my speeches because I didn't know exactly what he was going to say, but uh, I, I was able to do it. And uh, he was very grateful. And so you know, he and I were texting back and forth about that. But in the process of that, I was able to learn that there were some in Congress talking that he would be a good candidate. And he was 
discreet about it and and also deferential didn't want to push himself forward prematurely and so he you know he he let a handful of us know that this was being discussed and we were praying with him about it but it it was in a background kind of way and and he uh as you all everybody knows he supported jim uh jordan and uh, you know they're very close friends and so he, he tried to see if Jim could get in, but when that didn't happen, then Mike was the one that stepped forward and, and was successful. So mm-hmm. that's probably longer than you wanted, but there, there's the story. No, that's great. We love having all the background we can get. Now, our senior advisor, Rick Santorum, your colleague, Mike, also knew Mike Johnson going back to his time in the legislature. And in Rick's words, if you know Mike, you like Mike. And, you know, frankly, the fact that his good rapport with his colleagues is why he was unanimously elected, not because of political gamesmanship or trading favors, that seems like a really positive sign. Obviously, we at Convention of States believe that long-term change will only happen through structural reforms proposed at an Article 5 convention. We have no illusions that one man can change Washington long-term. But do you have optimism that Speaker Johnson can make some positive reforms in Congress? It's been called the worst job in politics. Will the swamp bog him down as the new Speaker of the House? Well, the Speaker has incredible power. Uh, and the, the number one power is to set the agenda. No, uh, no piece of legislation can come to the floor unless he wants it to come to the floor of the House. Uh, the, the, the ability to override the Speaker's decision in that regard is extremely limited and um, is very difficult to do. I mean, there is an override petition that can, can happen, but you know, in the, in the circumstances of this Congress, it, it, the chances of that happening are a fat chance and a slim chance, which are basically the same thing. Um, and so the, uh, um, that, that's an incredible amount of power. Now, he, he has political realities he has to deal with that if he uses that power arbitrarily and capriciously, then he won't stay in this position for very long. So he, he has to be reasonable with people. He has to be um, uh, cordial to people. But the, the balance is all in his favor. And we will see the most conservative Congress in my lifetime out of Mike Johnson. I mean, the most conservative House. Um, and I would also say that, you know, for my fellow evangelical Christians, this is the highest ranking, serious, Bible-y, biblically trained person with a clear Christian worldview, a person of that category, the highest ranking government official we've ever had in my lifetime. Uh, wow. No president would fit that description. Um, no Supreme Court justice would fit that description. Um, um, well, Mike Pence, Pence fits that description, so that's vice president. But but other than Mike Pence, and um, you know Mike's got his ups and downs, but but uh, in terms of a thoroughgoing worldview, Mike Johnson is um, a solid believer, and I'm very very excited about him. Wow. So, Mike, since the news break broke la- last week, uh, we've been playing uh, clips from 2016 when he helped 
Louisiana become the eighth state to pass our Article 5 resolution calling for term limits for our balanced budget and for reducing the size and scope and jurisdiction of the federal government. Um, we, we are well on our way to getting to the magic number 34. We're at 19 right now. We got to eight with Mike's help when he helped us pass in Louisiana. But he mentions in his speech in 2016 that he wasn't always a strong supporter of the Convention of States process. Uh, he did mention also that his training as a constitutional attorney helped him reach that decision. But I'm wondering, did you offer any counsel to him um, at any point about Convention of States? And did you help him to get to that point where he believed an Article 5 Convention of States was safe and necessary? And do you think he was influential to his other colleagues when he was in the Louisiana House? Well, it's easy for me to say, yes, I influenced him greatly because nobody can prove me wrong. Uh, and the truth is, I don't really remember whether he was already on board when I first talked to him or whether I was convincing him. Um, I, I do believe that his uh, knowledge that I was involved would be helpful, whether, you know, I said it to him directly or whether he just, you know, learned that Mike Ferris was, was you know, one of the guys that's the co-founder of this movement. Because, because of the fact that we knew each other and he respected me as a constitutional lawyer, there's no doubt, and it's not false modesty to say that my reputation would have been a factor in causing him to look carefully at it and think it through. Uh, and I know for a fact we talked through it, but you know, it's, it's too many years ago and too many conversations to remember the details of those conversations. But uh, there's no doubt that we, you know, that I helped reinforce what he, the decision he came to. And, and, and we did talk a lot about tactics and arguments to be raised in, in Louisiana. And so, you know, and it was extremely helpful um, in, in that process. There is no doubt that his influence was uh, very, very important um, because, you know, when a person with a, a reputation as a solid conservative and a constitutional lawyer, uh, stands up and, and, he, and he gets along with the people in his legislature there, just like he does in Congress, then, you know, all that adds to toward a tremendously positive influence. Uh, on last week's episode of COS Live, uh, Rita and I, we watched a congressional hearing uh, where Convention of States and Article 5 was mentioned several times. And Mike Johnson was actually the chair of that subcommittee hearing. And he spoke favorably uh, for Convention of States or for Article 5. And there, were, there was a heritage representative, Mr. Jippings, that also spoke favorably about Article 5 and Convention of States. But it was interesting because there were, were several people uh, in that committee hearing who were not speaking favorably about Convention of States. They did not like the idea of Article 5. And they threw all kinds of aspersions and 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 said things like it would run away or that it would cause uh, it would run amok with 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 civil rights and other things of that nature. Um, but do you think it's important right now that Congress is aware of our movement and that they are seeing that we are making progress and that we have momentum uh, with 19 states having uh, come on board with uh, with calling a convention? The reason we have the Bill of Rights is because Congress got afraid of Article five. And they decided, okay, we better give them some amendments or else we're going to, you know, get more coming down our throat. Uh, and so that's how we got the Bill of Rights is, is the threat of an Article 5 convention. Uh, 
Um, and, and so, um, yeah, it, it helps. And, and, and I think that, um, you know, it's a factor that if Congress is paying attention, it starts to have to, have, have to realize that the more states we get, the more pressure will be on Congress to do better. I still want the convention. I don't care how much better they do. Um, although I would give them this. If they propose amendments that, that they let me write uh, fixing the Commerce Clause and the General Welfare Clause, I'll, I'll take a pause on the convention. <laughs> if, they, if they give us those two things, I want to go get those two, two ratified. But that's not going to happen. I mean, um, absent, you know, just absolute miracle upon miracle upon miracle and getting two, two thirds of both houses of Congress to, to uh, propose that. It's going to take, you know, Jesus walking on the water level of miracle um, for it to happen. So um, absent that, I hope for improvements in Congress, but it won't be enough. And we know that's not going to be enough. Um, uh, Mike and people like Mike can slow down the bad stuff that's happening. But to reverse it and really get us on the right track is a different thing. So slowing down evil is not as the same as getting on the path to do good. And we need to, you know, yes, slow down the evil. I'm all for that. But we need to do good. Mm. Mike, before we let you go, I've got to get your thoughts about the other big news that broke last week. The Heritage Foundation has come out in support of our movement. John Malcolm, one of their top scholars, just on Friday published an amazing article specifically singling out our, our organization. Malcolm called COS a worthy cause. Thomas Jipping, one of the other Heritage Foundation scholars, testified at the congressional hearing last month strongly in favor of using the Article 5 convention process. Now, given Heritage's credibility with state legislators and opinion leaders, the Heritage Foundation's advocacy is something that we've been working toward for years. What does this exciting development mean to you? Yay! <laughs> that's good. I like it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what it means. It's, it's really good news. Um, I think it'll be extremely helpful. And, and, and um, you know, take it alone, it would be a, a good deal. But to have um, Mike Johnson in position and our ability to play clips to state legislators of his speaking out on this, you know, that, that one-two punch, it, 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 this is the, 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 the wind in our sails that we've, we've really uh, prayed for and needed. It, you know, because, um, you know, the deeper you go toward 34, the harder it gets. And so we're in, you know, we're into the 20s. And so it's harder than when we were in the fives and tens. And so um, that extra wind is incredibly helpful, incredibly important. And, uh, is you know very 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 much appreciated, mm -hmm. Mike. We got one last question before we let you go. So regarding your work with Convention of States, what should be on our radar? What's next for you? Well, uh, you know, I uh, spent some time in Idaho a couple of weeks ago, and um, you know, very interested in in getting that state resolved. I, I think that there was good movement in that direction. 
uh, one of the key committee members uh, uh, has uh, changed her position and is now going to vote for the Convention of States. And, and so um, um, I think we're going in a, in a really good direction. I think that heritage will mean a lot to the people there. And uh, um, I think that, uh, by the way, this, this particular legislator is the head of the Freedom Caucus in Idaho. And, and uh, the John Birch Society has, has um, tried to make a lot of inroads in Freedom Caucuses or in, um, in the more conservative states. And so um, that's a, a really important development. And uh, I, I'd like to see Idaho and Iowa, uh, North Carolina get over the line, and we, we need to get Kansas wrapped up. So um, all those are good things. And um, I think we're going to see a, a lot of good activity in this upcoming legislative session. Well, thanks, Mike, for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have you come on the program. We got to have you back uh, during the legislative session so you can give us some, uh, you can update us on what how things have been going on the road. So uh, we'll, we'll hopefully have you back sometime next year. That would be awesome if you could join us again. But thank you for, for joining us today. Joining us now, we have a pair of citizen activists from the Convention of States Louisiana team. We have Dale Clary, who's the legislative liaison, and we have Martin Nolan, who's the state information analyst. They were there when Louisiana successfully adopted the COS action resolution in 2016. Thank you both of you for joining us tonight. Thanks for having us on. Thank you. Gentlemen, big news broke last week. As I know, you are very much aware. Against all expectations, a congressman from Louisiana was selected as the 56th Speaker of the House, Representative Mike Johnson. That is a name that is new to most Americans, but not to the two of you, because Johnson is a longtime advocate for Article 5 and Convention of States. He even helped your state join the movement back in 2016. So first of all, what was your reaction to hearing that Mike Johnson was nominated and then elected as speaker? And what does it mean to have a Louisiana congressman as the most powerful legislator in the nation? Martin, I'll go to you first. Yes, I, I was a little bit surprised when I first saw his name on the list of nine people. Uh, and when I saw that, I was I was pleased with that because I had remembered some. I didn't have a lot of direct dealings with Mike, but I, I've seen a lot of the activity he had in support of our Article 5 movement. And uh, everything I had heard from everybody else about Mike was was really good. So I said, well... I'm not even sure why he's on that list, but uh, as we proceeded through that next two days, it was really exciting to see him actually win the post and be to be there as the, as you said, the most important uh, legislator on, on the planet, really. Mm. Dale, how about you? What was your reaction? I was thoroughly excited, not just for Louisiana, but for the country. I mean, I don't know Mike Johnson well. I've, I've met him one time. And, and sat at the uh, table uh, testifying behind him in one of the legislative hearings. But from everything I've heard about him and from everything I've seen him say when he was in the, in the legislature here in Louisiana, I'm excited for the country. This is exactly the kind of man that we need. He's a strong Christian leader as well as a constitutional lawyer and a con strict constitutionalist. Uh, so I, I'm excited for America that we've got Mike Johnson in that position. Mm -hmm. 
So you both were on the team way back in 2016, helping Louisiana to, to make history, becoming the eighth state. We have 19 states now that have joined the movement. Louisiana, because it was one of the early states, it was really a leader in the movement. So help us to help our audience to understand um, and help us to get to know Mike Johnson a little bit better. Um, how has he assisted you in your work to get Louisiana to pass the, the resolution in 2016? Uh, ironically, as, as Martin said a minute ago, he and I did not have a whole lot of direct co contact with Mike Johnson, but our, our uh, state director at the time, Bryce Barris, did, as well as our LL uh, team at that time, Chuck Reams and, and Randy Evans. Uh, they had a lot of contact with him. And what Bryce was telling us is that um, he, because I, I recently communicated with Bryce, whenever they needed help on a legislator who was on the fence related to the convention of states resolution, they would call Mike Johnson. And Mike Johnson was working behind the scenes, talking to people. He was well respected by the by the legislators because they knew he was a constitutional lawyer, and because he was what you see now on TV is he's a he's a caring guy. He's not a he's not throwing bombs. He's not bombastic. He's he's not going to be insulting people. He's going to talk to you respectfully because that's just the way he is, and that's the way he influenced, uh, according to Bryce, uh, that's the way he influenced a lot of people that were in the legislature at the time. And when they needed a vote, they could get him to come help. That's exactly what I saw from some of the things that Bryce had said, and also from some of the things I've been reading about Mike. Uh, he. He uh, is very principled and he's willing to fight for his principles. But beyond that, uh, it looks like he's really trusted and respected by his peers. Even back then in Louisiana, when, as uh, Dale just said, when, when Mike spoke up about something, they listened to him. And yet, even though he's only been in Congress for a few short years now, he was already the chairman of the Republican Study Committee. And it kind of shows that people uh, respect Mike and listen to him. I think that's really important. Absolutely. And it makes perfect sense because as we just saw a few minutes ago on the program, he's quite an eloquent and impactful, persuasive speaker. So I really enjoyed um, re reviewing, uh, watching again his remarks from back in 2016. Now, gentlemen, I know that the Louisiana team has not been idle since passing the COS application back in 2016. And some viewers might wonder why volunteers are still needed once a state passes the resolution through their state legislature. But there are lots of reasons for maintaining an active team in a past state. Not least of all is that sometimes we see rescission efforts come by the opposition. So we want to protect our resolution so that it continues to count toward that 35, num I'm sorry, 34 number of required states. But that's not all. Tell our viewers about some of the things your team has been working on since you passed what kind of activities you're doing and why it's important to engage in those campaigns. Well, Rita, I'll address the, um, what we did legislatively this year. And then Martin, I think you can talk about some of the other things that we're planning on doing, but uh, we supported four bills this year. And, and frankly, the way to fight rescission in our judgment, we just had our state strategy meeting this past weekend, but the way to fight a rescission effort is to maintain the relationships with legislators uh, so that when the rescission effort comes, and as you guys are saying, it's common. It's not. It's just a matter of time. 
Um, when it does come, we've already got relationships with the legislators. They're not hearing this for the first time. So part of what we've been doing is talking to legislators about um, uh, legislation that's consistent with convention and states principles, the three Fs as we're calling it now. And we did four bills this past year, including parental rights, prohibition on foreign health and federal mandates, and um, provides relative discussion of, of sexual orientation and gender identity in public schools. So we su supported all of those. The only one that was successful and frankly COS in Louisiana was very successful in this, and the legislators told us that our support was critical, was the bill that prohibited procedures to alter the sex of a minor child. Our governor has vetoed a lot of legislation that I think most of us on the conservative side in the convention of state school would, would think is good legislation, but that was one of them that he vetoed, was the, to the, the bill to prohibit procedures to alter the sex of a minor child. One bill got that one veto was overturned in, that, in the 20 or something that he um, vetoed. And that was the one that we were sponsored, uh, that we supported on the prohibiting procedures to alter the sex of a minor child. And the sponsor of that bill and other legislators said that got through because of what we were doing, the phone calls we were making, the emails we were sending, and the stance that we took. So we're, we're very excited about the influence we've had this past year, and we're looking forward to doing it again next year. That's incredible. And just for those of you watching, Dale mentioned the F3 legislation that kind of defines the scope of other legislation that is consistent with the mission of Convention of States. And those three Fs are federalism, freedom, and fundamental rights. Um, so thanks for sharing that. That's really encouraging, Dale. And Martin, tell us about some of the other activities your team is doing. Well, yes, uh, as you might imagine, once we passed our resolution, uh, there was a little bit of a lull as we sat there and said, well, well what do we do now? But pretty quickly, we realized that uh, there's a lot of uh, activity out there starting to grow, even back then, about rescission efforts, and that we needed really to grow our team. We were a small team at that time. We had about 5,000 petition signers, and we really had a small core group at the state leadership level that was doing most of the work working with the legislators. So we didn't, we needed, we knew we needed to grow. And uh, so we've been concentrating on that for several years, and now we have close to 40,000 petition signers. And that, show, that made a difference, uh, as Dale just mentioned, uh, in the legislature, we had, we had thousands of emails come in on, on, on our efforts. Uh, another thing that uh, that uh, really helped out was when Telepatriot was put together and started being used more and more, because that gives something very easy for our volunteers to uh, participate in and be part of the process. Uh, so those have been the main things we've been focusing on. Uh, real quick uh, question for both of you. Um, You've both been with COS for a long time. You were uh, early adopters. Can you briefly share what got you involved with Convention of States? Why did you decide to volunteer? And and then tell us maybe what your reaction was to the historic victory in 2016. And, and Martin, we'll go to you first on this one. Yeah, so uh, about the time, uh, say, 2012, I was really uh, noticing what how bad things were getting in uh, Washington and and everything we were trying to do with the tea party and everything else seemed like it we'd get our hopes up and then our hopes would be dashed 
once people got into Washington, they, they just seemed to get sucked into the swamp. And uh, so I started, I started realizing that I couldn't just sit and watch it anymore. I, I really felt compelled to get out there and do something. And the first thing I did is I signed up with, with Heritage Action as a Sentinel. And I did that probably in about 2012. And then somewhere along the, the process, I just saw the petition for Convention of States. And I realized that, uh, that this Article 5 thing really was something that uh, would, would have to work if we could make it come to pass. And so I went ahead and signed up. And probably six months later or so, I got a call from uh, the state director, Bryce Barris. And he, he was asking if uh, I wanted to be working in the technical area with the database and everything. So I went ahead and signed up and, and started working with that. And that's where I've been working ever since. Uh, Dale, same question over to you. Tell us how you got involved with Convention of States and um, tell us you know, a little bit of your COS story. Like Martin, I was seeing what was going on at the federal level. I'm a lawyer, and uh, even though my practice is not in constitutional law, I started seeing what was going on in Washington. I actually started reading some of the Supreme Court decisions and actually did what many lawyers don't do, is I started reading the Constitution to see what it said. Oh, what is this Tenth Amendment thing? Wait a minute. And, uh, and what is this Article 1, Section 8? And started seeing that what was going on, not only at the Supreme Court from a legal standpoint, was just it was, it was, it was dishonoring the Constitution. It wasn't following the Constitution. But I was also seeing the impact it was having on us locally, on, on me personally. I mean, my taxes are just going out of, out of, out of control. And that's obviously that got my attention. Um, and, and I did kind of like Martin. I started surfing around looking for places to join. I got interested in something called the Tenth Amendment Center for a short while. Um, but then, then I, I stumbled across Convention of States, to be honest with you. I saw it, signed the petition, and it wasn't months. I think Bryce called me the next day <laughs> and, uh, and said, hey, okay, what do you want to do? Get on board. So I got on board, and I, I was media liaison for a short while. For a while. Uh, learned that the media doesn't really care that much in Louisiana about Convention of States, and then just became sort of the right hand to, to Bryce, and then helping Julie Sandifer. Uh, our current state director who's doing a great job in, in everything that she might need or anything she might need. Um, it, it's, it, it's, you're spreading the word. I mean, that, that's part of why I'm enjoying being involved in it. You're talking to people who don't, who understand the problem, but don't know what the solutions are. Don't realize there's actually a constitutional legal solution. And so that that's part of the joy of, and, and pleasure of what I'm getting able to do is to talk to people about this. One last question before we let you go. Uh, for our Louisiana viewers and listeners, where can they go if they want to help you with your initiatives and upcoming events? Well, pretty <laughs> go ahead, Martin. Uh, well, pretty clearly, uh, the first thing that we need to do is go to the uh, Convention of States webpage and, and sign a petition. And that petition points the person very quickly to the, uh, the page with how to take action. And the take action page covers, now we've got lots of positions available in Convention of States where just about anybody can apply their talents to uh, one, or, one or more of the positions. And go ahead and sign, and go ahead and sign up uh, for a role. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, both of you. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and getting a little history lesson on what happened in 2016 and your efforts since then. It's great to see such ardent patriots in the fight for liberty in Louisiana. Thank you for all that you do, and God bless you both. Thank you. Yes, thank you. God bless you, too.
Now we're going to go over to Mike Ruthenberg, who has the answer for our Article 5 trivia giveaway. Mike, over to you. I, I could say that this shows, and I told you so, to have Michael Ferris here to talk about some of the providence that's happening. You know, you know, they always say an overnight success this, overnight success that. We're seeing some incredible attention. We're over the target, and we are an overnight success 10 years in the making, of course. And if let's go back to our trivia question so we can find out who our winner is. And the question from earlier, you might recall, which year did Louisiana join the Convention of States Movement? Of course, Mike Johnson is from Louisiana. He was a great champion of ours. And the answer to that question is, and maybe it's irony, maybe it's providence. Who knows exactly what it is? Maybe it's coincidence. But 2016 is the year that Michael Johnson was elected to Congress. Before that, he was a legislator. He was a champion for Convention of States. He is one of the reasons why we passed Convention of States, why it was the ninth, the eighth state, uh, eighth of 19. So we've passed 11 more since then, since 2016. We are on a roll. It is so amazing to see right now. Remember, we were giving away this cool Reagan shirt. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. I, I wear this shirt a lot now. People are saying cool shirt whenever they go by. So many people, their favorite president was Ronald Reagan. And I love to be able to wear his words on my chest. And you can too. The other thing I did a little bit earlier, which I'm going to do again, is I'm going to tease out our cool Christmas ornament. I'm so excited. This is our fourth one. And I will have it on my tree. And you can see a little picture here. It's Benjamin Franklin and Ms. Powell back in September of 1787. And what... The, what Ms. Powell said is, do we have, what do we have here, a monarch or a republic? And of course, Mr. Franklin said, a republic, if you, you can keep it, because it is we the people that keep this republic. These will go on sale on the 7th of November. Don't forget to go to Shop Convention Estates, then put it on your calendar, election day for a lot of places. And don't forget to get it, and we'll actually announce it later. So you got the sneak peek. Thanks so much for having me, Rita and Andrew. Back to you guys. Thanks, Mike. It's time for the COS Live Mailbag. These are messages and questions from viewers like you. If you want to be featured, drop us a comment on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble. All right, Rita, I'm going to pitch this first one to you. It's from Son of the Republic 7737. This comes from YouTube. I think Mr. Jipping did a fantastic job of explaining the convention. And of course, a convention will have slap back from those in power. Those that have the power to do, uh, do not want to give up that retention of power. Uh, th thoughts on that? Yeah, I'd say Son of the Republic has it exactly right. That is, in fact, the whole reason that the drafters of the Constitution provided the Article 5 Convention of the States mechanism for proposing constitutional amendments because they knew that Congress, if it became overbearing, would not want to give up its power. So that's exactly right. That's why we have the Article 5 Convention of States mechanism, and that's why we need to use it. 
Andrew, the next question comes from V8M8I, also from YouTube, who says, my only question is, why wasn't Mark Meckler called to testify at the hearing? Oh, <laughs> uh, I referring would have loved to, that, to see that. Yeah, right referring up. to that congressional subcommittee mm -hmm. hearing that we covered last month. Um, I don't know why Mark wasn't called, but I'm so grateful that they did choose to call upon Thomas Jipping from the Heritage Foundation. He did an excellent job, and I feel that we were very well represented, Andrew. How about you? I think we were well represented. Uh, I would love to see our grand poobah, though, in the halls of Congress testifying on behalf of Convention of States. That would be pretty cool. I, I would be glued to my seat with some popcorn watching that. Indeed. <laughs> All right. The next one comes from Mary, Mary Ellen Craver. There are millions of COS supporters who are working hard to get the 15 more states on board so a convention can be called. Amen. As with those who preserved, uh, who persevered in the founding of our country, so too must the patriots of the present day persevere to save our country and our U.S. Constitution. Very mm. well said, Mary. Yes, you must persevere. That's the number one trait that is going to produce amazing results and, and institutional change. It's perseverance. So we must persevere like they did in the, found, the founding generation, they persevered. Rita, what do you think? Absolutely. And, you know, that comment is similar to our last one from Barbara Norman, who said, everybody everywhere needs to talk COS. Mm -hmm. And she's right. That's how we're going to get it done. It's by people talking to their friends, their family, their neighbors, their colleagues and coworkers. That's what we got to do to um, see this solution through. Mm -hmm. Now, we're out of time for today, Andrew, but I want to remind everyone watching that saving the country is not a spectator sport. If you haven't signed the petition yet, sign it. If you have signed already, share it with a friend. If you're ready to join your local COS team, go to conventionofstates.com forward slash act. Don't forget, there's a new episode of Crossroads on Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. This week's episode will feature special guest Rick Santorum as we recap the simulated Article 5 convention. Tune in for the battle cry with Mark Meckler on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And please, if you would, leave us a five-star review on our podcast because that helps us reach more people with this message of hope, which is something everyone really needs right now. We'll see you next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, where we hope to be interviewing one of our latest endorsers, Congressman Josh Brachin. Now, we've got a country to save, so it's time for us all to get to work. Thank you for listening to today's program. For information, please visit www.conventionofstates.com forward slash pod. That's www.conventionofstates.com forward slash POD.